everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, it's Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our, <laughs> I guess, bi-weekly at this point podcast. How you doing, James? I'm doing pretty good, man. Yeah, we're both not getting too many trades on and kind of tied up with other stuff. So, yeah, usually weekly, but uh, missed a week there. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to go over your trades from uh, the last podcast? Yeah. So I had, um, looks like on FXI, I think I grabbed some shares. I can't remember if I got assigned. It may have been signed on a short put or something so i wound up with fxi shares which is the china large cap so i sold the 40 and a half call against that it was like super far out of the money and it was only like a couple bucks it was like really nothing but i'm like i might as well uh sell it because it's so far out of the money and it's you know it's not gonna go in the money and might as well make a couple bucks so i went max profit on that and then uh I also sold a put on GDX, and that one is for the March monthlies. Um, geez, I'm up like 50% or more on that right now, so that's looking pretty good. Um, also, I sold the 81 call on MPC that was expiring this past Friday, and I sold it for $33, and then MPC just kept cooking, 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 so I bought it back for $30, so like after fees and commissions, I think I made a buck. So <laughs> not quite how I hope it worked out. I was kind of hoping it would like really die off and there'd be like some crazy selling or profit taking the last few minutes of market open. But uh, like you and I were talking about, it's better than a loss. So um, yeah, made a very slight profit on that one. And then I sold um, a put on Jets. I didn't even realize this when I sold it, but it looks like I sold the 20.86 put. There's some fractional uh, strike prices in there for March for Jets. Um, And then I went out and sold another call against FXI for a couple bucks because same thing, they're trading like, I don't know where they're trading right now, 37 bucks or something like that. This is the 40 calls, like way out of the money. It's not going to happen. So I sold another call there against the FXI shares. um, And... That one, I guess, expired this past Friday. So the other one had expired the Friday before. So max profit on both of those. And then you had alerted me to Deutsche Bank, ticker DB, and they were just rip, rip, rip. And when I saw it, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to sell a call on these guys because this is just stupid, kind of like NPC. Um, And they died off pretty good along with everything on Friday. So um, I'm up on that one uh, a little bit, but I'm guessing I'm going to be up on that a lot in a couple days here as the theta eats away from it or eats away at it. And then uh, I think uh, MPC midweek just continued. They made another big move up, I think on Thursday. So they just made another big rip higher. And I was just like, well, my call, my short call for this week is almost in the money. I'm going to go out to next week, um, which is the February monthlies. So Feb 18th, I sold the 82 and a half call. Um, and I'm down on that one a little bit, but you know, I've still got over a dollar NPC can move up. So I've got a short call there for February monthly. And then, um, I did a video on Pinterest ticker P I N S for the YouTube channel. And when I saw the chart, 
I was just like, this is stupid. Like, how much more can they get beat down? So I'm going to go out and sell a put. I think they were trading at like 27 or above 27 at the time. They're ripping early in the day on Friday. And then uh, uh, the markets just started to tank. And they tanked along with it. So now it's, uh, I think, a few cents out of the money or something. So I'm down on it uh, right now. But uh, that one expires Feb 18. And then... Yeah, I guess that's the last trade that um, I got into for the week. Yeah, that Deutsche Bank that I was just looking at that. Like it hit one of my scanners. I don't remember which one, but them and uh, HSBC, their chart looks identical. And, you know, they're both banking. And it's just like every time it hit my scanner, I was like, all right, time to die. And then the next day they just rip and you got a gap up and a gap up. And I'm like, dude, what is going on here? So that's why <laughs> finally, I I guess the market tanking kind of finally drug them down. So I would assume that they're going to see a pretty good uh, move down at this point now that sellers are kind of backing off of it or uh, buyers. Sorry. Yeah, you know, that's funny because I've had a KRE short put spread that expires Feb 18. So it's coming up here and it was pretty deep in the money at one point. I mean, KRE was up. Well, I guess this was previous. I guess they were down actually down around 70 and then they made a nice move higher. So I'm like, I'm going to sell call side and then KRE just kept ripping. So it went in the money by a couple bucks. But now it's only in the money by 19 cents. So, yeah, dude, if banking can just kind of die off and KRE can die off just a little bit this week, then I'll go max profit on that. So, yeah, I'd like to see KRE and uh, DB tank and maybe I can make out with some money. Nice. Yeah, I bet their banking's freaking overbought at this point, I would assume. Um, All right, let me go over. I didn't have a whole lot of trades going on. Um, So I sold a uh, put vertical on... EWY, which is uh, South Korea uh, ETF, and that one expired um, Friday, so I went max profit on that. Um, what else did I get into? Oh, Oracle. I finally got out of this freaking trade, that whole mess I started a few weeks ago. Um, I bought back the... I just had the call spread left on that, and I ended up buying it back for 4 bucks. so uh, after all that mess... I believe my max loss was 14 bucks. I'll have to look at it. But yeah, after just all those stupid rolls and all the dumb crap I did, I <laughs> didn't lose my shirt on it. Um, Starbucks, I had a uh, put vertical that I had sold a few weeks ago and then rolled into earnings. And this one pissed me off because TD closed it out an hour and a half early. And... You know, I look at my phone, I get an alert that something went on. So I check it and yeah, sure enough, they, you know, closed it out because it was too close to the money, but they just do it like super early. And at, at one point, uh, about, I don't know, I'd say 30 minutes before close, Starbucks just started ripping. And then uh, at, I could have closed out for like 30 bucks, but in, at the end of the day, uh, Marcus just tanked and took them with it. So I ended up saving money. They closed it out at 73 bucks. And I believe after all of my credits, uh, it's like a $50 loss. Um, I'm not sure. But yeah, if it, they hadn't closed it out, it would have been completely in the money. And I would have had to buy it back for 100 bucks. So I guess it turned out uh, um, all right. And I also sold. So these are all trades I got into. I got into this on Thursday. I sold a at the money call spread on X. 
just because they kind of hit a level where it looks like they're going to start backing off. Uh, it had a big fat wick sticking out on, uh, I believe it was Wednesday's candles where, you know, buyers just backed off and started uh, selling on this thing. Uh, EWR, that's the one I closed. Um, and then, I, man, this one's crushing me right now. Freaking oil, man. I sold a uh, call vertical on AA because they're just so overextended along with all other oil stocks and they just <laughs> ripped super hard, like 3%. At one point it was, they were down 1% and I'm like, okay, now things are pulling back. So as soon as I sold it, they ripped back to even and then they were up uh, 4% at one point and then uh, died off a little bit, but it's just like just out of the money at this point. So hopefully oil can freaking cool off this week. Uh, that expires this Friday. Uh, PayPal, uh, I sold a put spread on them. It was the 30 Delta just because um, if you look at their charts, like you were saying with um, whatever ticker that was, it's like, oh, pins. It's like how much <laughs> more can this thing die? So hopefully I'm correct. And uh, same thing with CLX, uh, Clorox. Uh, sold a put vertical on them because, I mean, their chart just looks like they're about to turn around. But, I mean... Who knows, man? I guess the uh, Biden's talk with Putin didn't go too well, so we could see a fat sell-off if uh, things kind of escalate in Russia this week. Yeah, that's the excuse they were using in all the news stories I saw was like, oh, yeah, Russia-Ukraine tensions is, you know, the reason for the sell-off and stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll kind of see what happens. Friday was pretty ugly so yeah if there's like world war three starting yeah that might send spy to 20 bucks or whatever you were talking about <laughs> yeah I, I hope not i got it some uh some long positions right now <laughs> yeah i got a lot of longs too but like i was telling you i better start selling more calls and not on oil maybe because that doesn't seem to be working out <laughs> too great for me <laughs> lately but uh yeah we'll see uh yeah the aa one i was just looking at that and i noticed on the daily chart that they were squeezing for like on the regular ttm squeeze i think i have thrown up here they were squeezing for like i don't know for almost 15 bars like 15 days and then they finally moved to the upside so that friday was like the fourth day um firing to the upside so yeah hopefully they kind of chill out that was weird on friday because thursday uh there was that big wick sticking out and then it looks like Friday was a gap down and then a huge move up. Like, that was pretty weird. Yeah, that's why I got into it is <laughs> because they started, like, they were down. When I sold the spread, they were down almost 1%. And then yeah. literally immediately after, I look at my phone and they were back to even. I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, I thought <laughs> something was glitching. And then all of a sudden, nope, we're going to rip to 4% and scare the crap out of you. Yeah, because after the Thursday candle with the big wick sticking out and then a gap down Friday, yeah, that'd be looking pretty good to me too. Like, you know, it's time to die, but geez, hopefully they cool off this coming week. I mean, I don't know how many more, you know, days they're going to continue to rip, but yeah, they're living in the daily anyways. They're living on the overbought. Let me see on the week. Oh, yeah, weekly they just crossed into the overbought. So it's like, yeah, this thing needs to die. What is the... uh? What's the oil ETF? 
Oh, they got a few. They got US USO is oh, one USO. of them, I think, right? But then there's also isn't X or wait, what what was XOM? That's a specific company, isn't it? Exxon? Yeah. I thought there was another one that I traded on before, but yeah, USO is definitely oh man, that thing is overbought on the weekly too. Ridiculous. <laughs> they are man, I just pulled up the daily on them and they are right at a trend line that they've been trading off of for God, what is this? A year? Uh, yeah. They, yeah, they're like trading off of this yep. trend line perfectly, <laughs> and they're right at it right now. So, my God, I hope we see some selling coming. Yeah, looking at the weekly right now on USO. I mean, going back to November twenty third of a couple years back, I guess. Yeah, they that was when they got a but after the. Uh, corona sell off they kind of recovered and then crossed above the 21 and pretty much using that as like a dynamic support for the most part um back in november they dipped a little bit below it but then right back above it so yeah it's like really far away from the 21 day ema right now on the weekly and it's like it needs to revert to the mean yeah cross your fingers (laughs) doesn't seem like it (laughs) wants to yeah, I just some, need something to make a move down this week, oil-wise anyways. Yeah. All right, so uh, we had the idea this week we wanted to kind of go away from what we usually talk about in uh, like trend trading and talk about um, fundamental analysis because I technically almost never look at anything fundamental, but um, I know a lot of people do, and... So we want to go over a few of those. And uh, do you want to start off with the ones you were going to talk about? Yeah, we were just kind of talking. I don't know why we started to talk about it. I think maybe you were looking something up and then you mentioned it to me. And then I started looking at tickers. And I think what you brought up was a book value per share, I think it was. And uh, yeah, so book value per share is pretty much telling you like, you know, the formula to figure out what book value per share is, is like the total common stockholders equity less the preferred stock and then divided by the number of common shares of the company. So, you know, there are like formulas to kind of figure this out and like looking at the book value per share on a ticker like Amazon, you know, they kind of show a balance sheet here of like total cash of seven seventy eight point nine nine billion. You know, they're showing the debt here of one hundred and thirty six billion. Um and it also, you know, shows some of the other financials. But essentially, right now, a ticker like Amazon has a book value per share of two hundred and thirty-seven dollars. Uh, you know, I haven't even looked at these guys lately. But last time I saw them, I want to say they were around four thousand. Like, what are they doing now? Three thousand. Okay, so they made a real big move lower. But you're pretty much seeing that they're worth about, or sorry, the market is valuing Amazon at about 11 times their actual book value per share. So um, that is a little, you know, crazy compared to some stocks. But then you look at, uh, let me pull up here, the mother of all overvalued stocks, uh, Tesla. And I think last time I checked their book value per share was, yeah, like 29 bucks. So <laughs> I haven't been paying attention this past week at them, but they are at 860. Oh, wow. They moved that low. So I've been watching them, but book value per share is at like 29 bucks and, you know, market valuation right now has got them at 860. 
So like you were saying, that is like pretty uh, forward looking. You know, people are expecting Tesla to continue to do well and, you know, have good earnings and, you know, continue to make a lot of money because right now, um, you know, that book value per share versus market valuation is pretty inflated. And then, you know, that book value per share kind of comes in um, and tells you the, also the price to book ratio. So you can kind of look at the actual, um, you know, ratio of a stock like that. And you're seeing that it's almost what 30 times. So the actual market valuation is about 30 times the actual book value. Um, so, you know, you got some tickers like that, Amazon and Tesla, that market valuation is way, way, way above, uh, you know, book value. And then you have other tickers. Like I was looking, you know, I just started looking at different tickers cause I was just kind of curious, like, you know, Tesla and Amazon are like super overinflated. Their market valuation is like way above their book value. So, you know, what about some of the other, uh, you know, tickers that we usually trade and, uh, you know, I was looking at one that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, that's kind of undervalued right now. And that was United States steel, because when I looked at them last week, um, I think their book value per share, when I looked at it was like $29 and they were only trading at like 23. So I was like, okay, you know, this is a ticker we've traded a lot and we keep an eye on and they're actually undervalued right now. You know, the market valuation is quite a bit less than, um, you know, the book value per share. So I'm like, yeah, that looks like a steal to me right now. You know, the other ones like Amazon and Tesla, it's like, yeah, after they make a big move down in price, you know, they still look like good investments to me from a technical standpoint, but from a fundamental, like no way. Yeah, it's funny. I made, uh, after I had brought that up to you, I made a label for Thinkorswim uh, that shows you the uh, book value value per share. And then as you were talking, I was kind of going through uh, some tickers and Starbucks. Uh, their cur- oh, well, if I get spell right, oh god, uh, their current book value per share is negative seven dollars and thirty four cents. So if they liquidated, you wouldn't get crap for your <laughs> for your shares. So like Google and compared to Starbucks, Google and Amazon look pretty nice. At least there were something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to, uh, the ones I wanted to talk about, and you hear a lot of it, especially around earnings, is uh, the EPS or the earnings per share. And it's super simple. It's just uh, the net profit divided by the number of common shares. So uh, I know there's, and this is kind of why I don't care for fundamentals too much. And I, do basically just uh trend trading is i don't remember what company it was but there's ways that around earnings especially how companies uh kind of fudge the math and they're able to uh just make their numbers look a lot better and they're not breaking the law they're just kind of uh using different metrics man wasn't citibank oh i think it's ge ge like since their inception has kind of fudged numbers and, you know, to make their fundamentals look better. And I believe Ford's a big, uh, big proponent of that as well. So, you know, that's why I don't kind of look at uh, fundamentals too much, but that's one that can show you, especially if it's increasing uh, 
I guess quarter over quarter if they're actually announcing, then it shows you that they're making more profit uh, per share that you're holding. So, you know, they're obviously in a uh, nice upcline fundamentally, at least. And another one that's and it's exactly what it sounds like is free cash flow. And this one's a little tricky because free cash flow. Yes, if a company has a lot of uh, free cash on hand to pay off debts or uh, do share buybacks or acquire companies or whatever, it's a good thing. But uh, having like a decrease in the free cash flow doesn't necessarily mean, you know, it's a bad thing because they may have, you know, if it's a car company or whatever, they may have bought a property and now they're making a new uh, factory using some of their free cash. So, you know, it, to me, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, seeing a lot of free cash on hand shows that they're doing something right, but a decrease in it uh, year over year, quarter over quarter wouldn't necessarily scare me out of getting into a trade. So you mean as long as they still had a decent amount of free cash set aside, you know, like you're saying, it's just a decrease is not a big deal unless it decreased like significantly and then they didn't have, um, you know, a lot of it sitting around. Yeah. Say if, you know, they had $50 million in free cash flow and then all of a sudden the next time they report their free cash flow and it's like zero, then that's probably <laughs> a reason to take a look at what they're doing. But, uh, like I say, if I, I, there's like a small decrease or, you know, depends on what they use the cash for. Cause that's a lot of times you see companies like, um, like X is a good example. I know they went and bought a new, or they were, they're building a new factory somewhere and you just saw their, um, their stock price tank when they did that because people were like, Oh, now they're not going to have any cash on hand. Uh, but to me, it's, that seems like a good thing. Like, long term yeah it's going to take a while for the factory and everything but longer term it's a great thing for them and it shows that they're you know needing to produce more yeah that's a good point that shouldn't really be taken as a negative if they're using it for something that's going to be positive in the long run yeah like maybe short term some of that cash goes away but long term you know hopefully they're pumping out more product and you know maybe their earnings per share can kind of go up over time as they get that new factory opened and you know start selling more product yeah and uh us talking about fundamentals and wanting to talk about it on this episode actually made me uh gave me an idea for a new uh indicator for thinkorswim and that i gotta figure out what's wrong with it because the built-in fundamental uh part of thinkorswim isn't acting right because i the idea was I wanted uh, five separate categories and then it would give you a score uh, per category and you could judge uh, off of that score if it's, you know, they're doing well fundamentally or not. But uh, the way it's it's returning right now, so it the score would be either the very best would be a five and then uh, the very worst would be a negative five. And for some reason, every single company is a negative five. So I, <laughs> I got to digging to see what the heck's going on with it but uh yeah it's just based off of uh, the, the five criteria is uh earnings per share the book value per share um the current ratio the free cash flow 
and then the long-term uh, debt to capital. And the way I have it set up is it would give you a, a plus one if earnings per share is increasing. Uh, same thing with book value, uh, the current ratio. And then like if your long-term debt to capital is uh, decreasing, then you'd get a one. If not, you get a negative one. And like I said, I don't know what why it's retarding negatives on all of them, but uh, I'll dig into it more. Okay, I've never really looked at the fundamentals, to be honest, because every time I go in there and like try to create a scanner or do something in there, it's usually all technical analysis and stuff like that. But is this something that will actually just plot on the chart or how does it uh, show you kind of that score? Uh, it's just a label that shows up in the left hand okay. corner, like all the other stuff. OK, got you. So it's going to be a label. Yeah, I was kind of. You know, I need to spend some time, but I was kind of thinking about like when, you know, I was looking at Tesla and Amazon and then I looked at X. I'm like, oh, X is, uh, you know, undervalued right now um, at 23 bucks if the book value is 29. So I, you know, would like to spend some time and go in there and look for something like that. Like maybe there's a stock. Now, I don't know if it's how you can implement that fundamentally, though. But I don't know if you can put that like on a chart or if it would show up as a label or how you would kind of do that. But it would be cool if you could like scan the market for stocks and like find things that are undervalued right now. Like the market valuation is less than the book value per share. And then like maybe throw in some other kind of indicator like, you know, RSI below 30 or like maybe the thing is like being beat down badly for like no reason. And then like you know, try to somehow uh, turn that into a strategy. Like, you know, if the RSI is below 30 and the, you know, market valuation is lower than the book value, then, you know, I'm going to go long. And then like maybe when the RSI recovers or something, you know, I'm going to dump it, but like try to turn it into a strategy and see, you know, if there's anything to trying to trade like that. Yeah, definitely. I could, uh, I'll fix that up for you tonight. I can easily find uh, stocks that their book value is higher than uh, the actual market right now. Yeah, I feel like NPC was like that for the longest time. Like I was talking to somebody about it and they're like, yeah, there's you know, NPC. I think they were down around like 40 bucks at some point. You know, of course, now they're at 80. It's like ridiculous. But, you know, when they were down around 40, it was like, man, this doesn't make any sense. They're like undervalued and then. Yeah, eventually they're hitting 50, 60, and now for, you know, reasons like pipelines getting shut down and other reasons, you know, they're going to the moon. But, like, he wasn't really looking at a price of, you know, 70 or 80 bucks. But when they were down around 40, he was like, yeah, they're worth definitely more than this, you know. So I just, yeah, I'm just kind of curious, like, if the actual book value is way higher you know, there's got to be something to that. And eventually people are going to buy and, you know, barring some crazy news or something changing with the company's financials major, you know, that should be a good, you know, long entry, I would think. Yeah, you. Yeah, it's that's why I don't trade off of fundamentals very much is, you know, you look at I, I don't even know what NPC's uh, book value is because it's the label. Yeah, I don't know. It's not returning properly on thinkorswim it's coming back as zero um but i have a feeling that's a good question um so they are actually booked at 56 so yeah they're way overvalued right now market valuation is quite a bit higher 
that's not that bad. <laughs> not, yeah, not, not a, a Tesla. Tesla. That's not a te- yeah, Tesla or an Amazon or a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, see, that's why I don't trade off of a lot of fundamentals is, you know, what's the market willing to pay? And that's something I was uh, contemplating making a uh, label that just calculates the average price for, you know, whatever period you're looking at a year. So what was the average price that someone was willing to pay for, you know, whatever ticker Starbucks or whatever in the past year. Cause that to me seems a little more true than, you know, looking at book value or something like that, like what it's actually worth because obviously people don't give a crap about, you know, book value. Yeah. Especially with these, crap penny stocks you know people just i mean cei is probably worth negative 300 dollars a share and when they get into these stupid like reddit pump and dumps people are just trying to ride the wave so yeah i mean that's a good <laughs> it's a good point some stocks more than others yeah fundamentals mean nothing nope. all right uh did you have any others you wanted to go over no, I really uh, was just taking a look at the book value per share and then that uh, price to book ratio. But um, yeah, that's all I had on it. All right. Uh, did you have any tickers you were looking at getting into next week? Yeah, I uh, I think I'm going to maybe sell a put on SLV. I don't have a March position right now for SLV. Let me kind of pull them up and see where they are at. Uh, Just kind of chopping within a range, I guess, for a while. Looking at the weekly, they've just been kind of bouncing between about 24 bucks and 20 bucks. So they're kind of trading within a range right now. It looks like they just started to squeeze on the weekly. So they've been squeezing for three weeks. So I guess they could kind of go in either direction. I'll probably sell a put. Uh, for the March monthlies, since it's such a low price ETF, um, if it goes in the money, I can just roll it and hang out until it kind of recovers. And then uh, probably as well, uh, might look at a trade on XLF. This is a financial ETF, and boy, are they been on a pretty good run, but kind of backing off a little bit lately. It looks like they went up and hit about 42 Backed off pretty good, came up and touched 42 again and died again. So might do call side on there because the RSI on the weekly is up around 57 right now. So they're kind of riding a little bit high. So, yeah, maybe sell a call on uh, XLF. Nice. Uh, Yeah, I was just running through some of my scanners and I just pulled up McDonald's, which is MCD. And to me, it looks like McDonald's is going to go down and test at least like 250 level right now so i might sell some calls on that because they broke through what acted like you know some kind of short-term support on friday and i got a um a sell signal from the volume don't lie so there's a lot of like an increased volume in selling coming in uh i've I've got a sell signal on my uh trend reversal indicator now those is one of the ones that repaints, but I still have it on my chart. And yeah, once it fell below the twenty one, it's like sell. <laughs> yeah, look looking at their chart, they got dividend. Where did they go? X div. Uh the twenty eighth. So I bet you they hit that like two fifty level and then buyers start stepping in to snag that dividend uh right after they test that level. Gotcha. Yeah. Two fifty looks like a good good thing to look at. 
um, and SPLK. I'm, yeah, I'm just waiting. They're just traveling in this super oh tight God. little channel. And I'm waiting to see which way they're going to freaking break out. Because right now I've got a sell signal. Dude, they've been so. squeezing for like, I don't know, yeah. a month? <laughs> like, what's going on here? That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, wow, do they have earnings coming up or something? IV super high. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. Because the last one was back like December 1st. So, yeah, I bet earnings are right around the corner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, IV's at almost 80% right now. So, wow. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm not touching that one. <laughs> what was that? Whenever they fire, there might be an opportunity to jump in because yeah, they've been squeezing for like a month. <laughs> yeah, serious. I'm gonna set a alert to tell me when they fire finally. Sure. Actually, let's see. Um... Look at the weekly, just because the daily is kind of ridiculous. A weekly is not even squeezing for a single candle, huh? Um. God, what was that ticker I was thinking is going to black? Oh, C. What is it? C I E N? Oh, yeah. I think you mentioned something about that. Uh, Sienna? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I got it. Well, they sold off pretty good, like 2% on Friday, but they're about to hit a trend line, man. I just got a feeling this thing's going to freaking rip. Like it's been technically like firing to the downside and then kind of coming mm -hmm. back up. But I got a feeling they're going to rip real soon. Yeah, I mean, with all that selling and that big move down from like 78, that's a pretty fat move down. So, yeah, as long as the markets can kind of chill out and, you know, stop freaking everybody out, maybe they can finally bust through the 21 on the daily. Yeah, that's kind of the weird thing that we had a YouTube comment, some dude on my uh my post when i post my trades on the thousand dollar account one mm -hmm. uh ask is it time to buy uvxy and my response was exactly the way i'm thinking right now is who knows like this market is <laughs> so bipolar i wouldn't be touching like vix options it's just who knows like day to day you're seeing like two three percent rips and it's you know technically it's sometimes it drags certain tickers mm -hmm. down sometimes it doesn't it's just man that's what uh, I was talking to my buddy the other day and he's like, uh, he was talking about trading. And I was like, dude, trading is literally just making educated guesses. Nobody knows. Like you're just trying to put yourself in position <laughs> to have the most information to make a good educated guess. Besides that, no one knows. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wish we had the crystal ball because if we did, we wouldn't be working day jobs, but, uh, yeah, UVXY, because that's the short-term futures ETF. So I think that one is essentially, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is this the one that buys? Oh, man, I can't remember if this is the one that buys the front month and sells the back month, but it's essentially designed to go to zero. And you can see it over the long-term uh, charts. You know, it's just essentially it just kind of works lower. Now, when we had the corona crash, of course, it exploded like insanely to 1350, which was kind of nuts. So I guess when like volatility is like really low, that's probably when you want to go long UVXY. But I mean, what is, let me look at the VIX. I don't even know what the VIX is doing because this is based on VIX futures, I think. So I don't want the weekly chart. Yeah, VIX made a like, nice move up. Yeah, that's what I was looking at after he said that and, uh, I saw that, you know, VIX was up 
14%, and then UBXY was up 18%. And then yeah. if you look at VIX, man, they're, they just blasted all the way up to like 31 bucks, and yep. it sold off exactly at the, uh, the wick on the candle of uh, December 20th. Mm-hmm. It was acting like resistance. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Hopefully it dies off from here. Yeah, this is a big, that was a big move down. I mean, I know we always talk about NQ and the NASDAQ and how retarded, you know, how stupid it's been on its little, on its little runs and its sell-offs and all that stuff. But like, I mean, that was, you know, which I agree, 16,800 on the NASDAQ futures was like ridiculous and it needed a good move down. I don't know if it needed a 3,000 point move down, but that's pretty much what happened. So, I mean, we had a pretty good drawdown. So, like, anything could happen. I mean, I guess if World War Three starts, then, yeah, UVXY to the moon. But if it doesn't, like, I would imagine things would kind of settle down a little bit um, with things moving down. But, like, for me, looking at the VIX and UVXY, <laughs> I would be going along when volatility is like nothing, when markets are just like floating, ripping, everything's cool. You know, there's, you know, nothing crazy is going on because that's when you can get in uh, into long positions. And then, yeah, like, you know, when the VIX died off to like 16, like that's my indicator that I want to go long because if you just buy some time and go long a call or something, you know, then you can maybe catch one of these explosions up to like 30 or 40. Um, but yeah, with the VIX popping off up to almost 30, like I wouldn't buy it because it's just kind of made to, you know, for the most part, retrace after it goes on these little runs. But yeah, I mean, if uh, Russia invades Ukraine, then, you know, VIX and UVXY to a million. <laughs> Seriously, DRV to the moon, too. <laughs> exactly. All right, man. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to go over? No, I think that's it. All right, sweet. All right, we'll see you on the next one. Catch you later, man. Bye. Bye. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos so you can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to wstrades.com. Thanks again.